Welcome to the Retirement Risk Show, the best retirement interviews and advice with Dave Hall. Learn strategies to help you reduce and even eliminate the risks facing your retirement. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. My name's Dave Hall. I am your host. As always, I'm so excited to be back with you talking about that longest period of self-imposed unemployment most of you will have in your lifetime. Could be 10 years, could be 20. Heck, it might even be 30 or 40. It is what we call retirement. If you're looking to get to a safe and secure retirement, please go to my website, retirementriskadvisors.com. Here you will be able to get access to all of our education tools, our planning resources, to help you get through your retirement years. This week, I'm going to take the show again. Once a month, I get the opportunity to take the time we have together. I'm very excited today to be talking about some recent changes that have come across a situation where you're going to be able to get more money in retirement and have less expenses in retirement. Not something that we've seen a lot of lately. Usually it seems to be that expenses are going through the roof, our income's going down, and it's starting to create issues. Well, today we're going to be talking about Social Security and Medicare, the 2023 changes, and what we have to look forward to. Again, it's a very unique period of time because Social Security payments are going to be going up again. In fact, they're higher than the 5.9% increase we had for 2022. They're going up by 8.7%. So if you're getting Social Security benefits, talk about average payments, maximum payments, but you can expect a big increase in the amount of money you'll be getting in 2023. And from a Medicare standpoint, we've got a 3% reduction in your monthly payments for Part B, which we'll also be talking about. So very unique times, good news coming across for retirees. We're seeing some traction and some activity here that will hopefully help retirees better manage their budgets. I know there's still a lot of concerns you have out there, but let's start today by talking about Social Security and some of the increases and adjustments that are happening. We are seeing an increase on the maximum earnings amount that you will be subject to Social Security tax on. So for 2022, the maximum amount was $147,000. 2023, it's going to go up to $160,200. So for those of you who are working, if you're making more than this, you're going to start seeing your Social Security withholdings go up a little bit until you hit that cap. And then once you get beyond the $160,200, your other wages will only be subject to Medicare. Other one that just went up is the quarterly earnings amount. This is the amount that you have to earn to be able to be credited one quarter towards the 40 credits or quarters you need to be able to qualify for Social Security. The amount now that you need to earn, $1,640 per quarter. That's up from $1,500. Hundred and ten dollars in 2022. Please understand that this can be calculated from earnings throughout the whole year. So it doesn't mean that if you fall below this, let's say you earn $500 per month, so you've only got $1,500 per quarter, but throughout the year you've got $6,000 available, doesn't mean that you would not get posted any quarters of credit based upon your work record, what would happen is they would take your full $6,000, divide $1,640 into that, and you would get a total of three credits. So it's going to round down to the lowest full number. If you get above there, let's say that you make $100,000, obviously you're way over the earnings amounts, you're going to get capped at four credits per year. So you need 40 of them. So 10 years of earnings to be able to qualify for Social Security and to be able to qualify for cost-free Medicare Part A. 
Need to also talk about the earnings limits. This is something that impacts many of you because so many of you end up claiming your Social Security benefits before you reach full retirement age. If you happen to claim your benefits before your full retirement age, which for 2022, 66 and four months, for 2023 will be 66 and six months, going to continue to go up by two-month increments each year till those of you born 1960 or later, full retirement age is going to be age 60. If you claim your benefits before your full retirement age year, for 2022, the earnings limit was $19,560. For 2023, it's $21,240, which means that if you make more money than this, W-2 earnings, Schedule C earnings, guaranteed payments, this is not investment income or passive income. If you have earned income that is higher than these amounts, you will have your Social Security benefits reduced $1 for every $2 of earnings above this threshold. Now, please understand that if this happens, you will be able to get that money back in the future. It will be placed back into your Social Security account. So once you become fully eligible again, you'll get that back. If you do still have some Social Security payments that are coming in, they will pull this money out of those payments because it's going to take them a while to calculate the fact that you had earnings that were higher than we're eligible to be able to get these benefits if you do not have Social Security earnings coming in because maybe you phase yourself completely out, you would then get a bill and have to pay that back. If you have anyone else who is getting benefits off of your work record, they also would have their benefits stopped as well if you ended up going back to work and exceeding this threshold. Once you hit your full retirement age year, up until your full retired age month, for 2022, you could earn 51960 For 2023, it's going clear up to 56520 And then if you happen to go over, it changes from $1 reduction for every $2 of earnings over the threshold to $3 of earnings over the threshold, and you get $1 of deduction. So we do have a little better situation in that full retirement age year. If you're someone that's going to claim your benefits a little bit before maybe January, the year you reach full retirement age, you would be able to have some additional earnings. Or if you happen to, to end up keep working, you get your benefits in January and keep working until September, whatever the case may be, based upon your facts and circumstances. Now, all of that being said, my recommendation for most of you, especially the highest income earner, is to wait until age 70 to claim those benefits. Now, once you reach full retirement age month, the month you turn full retirement age, you can earn as much as you want and not have your benefits reduced going forward. So great uh, thing to know if you're looking at continuing to work. We see people that think they're going to be able to get some extra money, maybe to help supplement their earnings, not realizing that because their earnings are so high, these benefits will not be allowed and will get put back into the system there. Talk a little bit about maximum payment, the maximum amount that you could get in 2022 out of Social Security at full retirement age, $33. Hundred and forty-five dollars in twenty twenty-three. That's going up to thirty-six twenty-seven. A couple of things to note here: if you are waiting till age seventy and getting the eight percent per year delayed retirement credit, you will have a higher amount than this. And if you're doing your calculations into the future, depending on how they calculate those with inflation adjustments, how the software handles it, you may see a higher amount in the future as well because of inflation people will have this amount going up consistently each year, assuming we have inflation. Now, I predict we'll have a few years of deflation, so obviously that will not continue to go up during those periods of time. But understand that these maximum payments may look different for you if you're not already hitting your retirement age. 
The average amount that someone is getting off of Social Security went up from 1581 in 2022 to 1827 in 2023. One thing we need to remember about Social Security is it was never intended to be your sole source of income in retirement. It was designed to only cover about 40% of your living costs in retirement. So if you are expecting to live off of Social Security alone, probably going to have less than the lifestyle you had during your working years as you go into retirement. Another interesting thing that uh, economists and smart people are looking at is the fact that with healthcare costs rising like they are, some of them are projecting that the average Social Security recipient, those who are getting this $1,827, they may be in a position where the healthcare costs they have would equal that amount. Now, if you're in a position where it's your only source of income, not overly concerned that the government's not going to step in and help you make sure you have the money you need for food and housing and those type of things. But for those of us that are middle income earners, uh, many of us CPAs uh, are able to earn good money. We've had good savings. This could be very concerning to your overall retirement budget. If you've got to pay out $1,800 a month in retirement for healthcare costs, could be a problem with the way you've modeled your budget going into retirement and how much money you're going to need. So please make sure you take that into consideration from a Medicare and medical cost side. If you can contribute to a health savings account, I do encourage it. Definitely something that can help us build up some assets that will be tax-free when we use them in retirement for these various medical costs. More than 50% of CPAs will run out of money in retirement, and this number is projected to grow because of risks like inflation, increased longevity, and rising healthcare costs. Retirement Risks Advisors has the perfect solution to help CPAs make their money last as long as they do. Learn more by signing up for our flagship webinar, Getting Safely Through Retirement. In this webinar, we share the top 10 financial risks CPAs will face in retirement and what can be done to reduce or eliminate each risk. To get started, visit retirementriskadvisors.com slash safe. So those are the big changes that we have for Social Security for this year. Uh, when we look at it, again, generally good news. Anytime you're getting more money, the government's trying to help us keep up with inflation. Now, when we look at what happened in 2022, the increase of 5.9%, not quite as high as what inflation was at the time. Looks like for 2023, inflation is probably going to come in a little lower than the 8.7% increase. So a little bit of a makeup there. Social Security typically does not match exactly what inflation is anyway. It's usually slightly behind what average inflation rates are. But again, overall, good news from Social Security. From a Medicare standpoint, also good news. I mentioned in the beginning that there's some costs going down as we look at what's happening there. If you look at the Part B premium, which is the one that most people end up having to pay, we're going down from $170.10 down to $164.90. This is a 3% reduction. But if you remember, those of you that were on Medicare or educate on Medicare, you know that last year, 2022, we had a 14% increase. We had such a huge bump because the government had approved an Alzheimer's drug that they thought was going to be very expensive for those in retirement turned out not to cost so much. So they were, even with inflation going up, they've been able to reduce that Part B premium down to $164.90. So this is what you're going to end up having to pay. It's paid on a quarterly basis once you get into Medicare, unless it's being withheld out of your Social Security check, but you'll be paying that for 2023. The deductible for Part B went down slightly, went from $233 to $226 
per year. This is the one area, if you've got a Medigap plan and you've got a Part G plan, which is the only one now that's pretty much going to cover everything but this deductible, this is the one out-of-pocket cost you would have with that Medigap plan. So you've got that cost going down slightly. Uh, most of you will be on plans where you may have more out-of-pocket costs than this, but this is an area the government said, we want people to have at least some buy-in. So with the plan G, they use alphabetical lettering to figure out what benefits you'll get to design their plans. With Part G, the only out-of-pocket cost you'd have is this deductible. Part A deductible has gone up slightly. It went from 1556 to 1600. This is your hospitalization insurance. And again, for most of you, you're getting the coverage for free. If you don't have enough work credits, you can buy Part A coverage. But for most of you, this would be the out-of-pocket costs that you would have to pay if you get uh, put into a hospital that you would have to pay $1,600. And understand with this, it is per benefit period, not per calendar year, as most insurance deductibles are. What does that mean? That means if in January you go into the hospital, you have, have an event where they've got to admit you that you're in there for 30 days, you end up paying the $1,600. And then you get out for a total of at least 60 days, end up having similar issues, go back in for another 30, you'll pay the $1,600 again. That will continue the number of times throughout the calendar year that uh, you have these gaps of, of 60 days or more, and I guess really throughout your lifetime, because once you've been out for any period of time of 60 days or more, you will be liable for that $1,600 deductible again. One of the other big changes they made to Medicare, which I think is great, uh, is with the special enrollment period. Now, you've got your initial enrollment period, which is when most of us sign up, starts three months before your 65th birth month, includes your 65th birth month, and three months after. They also have a general enrollment period for those who miss this, or typically they've had a special enrollment period for those of you who had qualified coverage which means an employer-based plan generally that qualified, that allowed you to enter this period of time. And it started with the day you either lost your job or that coverage, whichever happened first, you had an eight-month window, which was called a special enrollment period, that you could get signed up for Medicare without being subject to late penalties or having any consequences to your sign-up of Medicare. They've now extended out a special enrollment period to cover natural disasters, emergencies, or other events. Now, I find this very interesting. What's another event? But what they've said is if you, for some reason, miss your initial enrollment period because of a natural disaster, or emergency or other event, then you will be able to enter into a special enrollment period. You will not have to wait until the general enrollment period opens back up again, therefore allowing you to get signed up, not have the gaps in coverage, uh, potential penalties that may exist if you have to wait to get into that general enrollment period that most people have had to do in the past. We will wait and see what the other events are. I have no idea, not made any clarification on this. Hopefully it uh, extends out pretty pretty extensively so more and more people can get onto Medicare without having the typical penalties that they would have. Now, when we look at Part D, this is the prescription drug coverage. Not seeing a big adjustment there. It goes from $32.08 for the average plan to $31.50. Most of you will not pay this because it's with private insurance companies. So you're either going to pay less than this or substantially more maybe than this. But that's the average cost. Again, very little change there. Medicare Advantage plans also had a small reduction. Average cost for one of those went from $19.52 down to $18. 
dollars. So not big dollars here, but, and they're trying to help. Now that doesn't mean that as we look out to the future, we're not going to see some very large increases because when we compare inflation as it relates to healthcare costs to normal inflation, what we find is that it exceeds it substantially and we expect it to continue to do that. So I think to some level, these benefits will be short-lived, but I guess as long as we have them, let's go ahead and enjoy the reductions. One thing to remember with Medicare Advantage plans, you can get free plans. In fact, there are many of you out there that have them that does not take away your responsibility to pay your Part B premium. So that $164.90 per month for 2023 would still need to be paid even if you do have a no-fee Medicare Advantage plan, because what they do is the these companies then take the benefits that you've paid in, the government allocation, they get that money from the government, and then use that to cover the medical costs that you have and the benefits that their plan offers. They also made a change for those who, like myself, who have end-stage renal disease. This is very interesting. I don't think it still goes quite far enough, but hopefully it will help a number of people out there. They used to have it structured to where once you had a transplant, you could only stay on Medicare for 36 months. So what we often found was people would have a transplant, maybe after being on dialysis for four or five years, they would have a transplant, they would go through this three-year window, and then at the end of it, they would lose Medicare. Well, the cost of marketplace insurance was so high, they couldn't afford it, so they would stop taking their immune suppressant drugs and all the things they needed to do to protect that kidney, would lose the kidney, go back on dialysis, apply for a new transplant, and four or five years later, they'd be getting a new transplant. Well, you can imagine from a government standpoint, dialysis is outrageously expensive, transplants are, are outrageously expensive, so they've made a change now. After that 36 months, you can pay $91.10 per month and be able to keep the benefits that you get to maintain those immune suppressant drugs. So hopefully not as many people will be at a point that they feel they have to stop taking them because they can no longer afford the cost of those drugs. That can continue on. Again, I, I would love to see them if you've got a situation like this where they would allow you to just stay on Medicare up until the age you reach 65, but at this point, not something that's happening. Another uh, thing that we've got going on is the Inflation Reduction Act. The last thing I want to talk about here today, this has uh, been put in place into law. Now, it did not in reduce inflation, and it doesn't look like it's going to. When we look across the board, the you know, best chance would be years in advance. But one of the things that it had inside of there was to be able to reduce drug costs, to be able to allow the government to start negotiating drug costs, the unique thing about this, though, is it's not something that's going to happen overnight. They're only going to allow anywhere between 10 and 20 drugs to be analyzed on an annual basis, and then it's going to take two to three years before they implement the reduced cost. And if the pharmaceutical companies don't reduce the cost, there will be financial consequences to them. But again, it didn't go far enough, in my opinion, didn't go quick enough. You'll see some drugs, if you happen to be on the lucky list, have the first 10 that they review, maybe you'll see some reduction by 2025. If you happen to be on the end of the list, maybe 2035 before you ever see any benefits from this plan and what the, they put into place trying to propose these benefits. Part of the Inflation Reduction Act does also reduce insulin costs. Maximum out-of-pocket now is $35 for those who are on it. That's great news. And the last thing that they're looking at with that is they are looking at providing, and you will get more access to the various vaccines that most of us should be getting on a regular basis from the 
flu vaccine, pneumonia, it includes shingles, going to be some additional benefits there. Folks, those are the details of today's show. Those are the updates that are coming. Hopefully uh, you're excited about these changes because you will get more money if you're having Social Security. You'll pay less if you're on Medicare. But don't expect them to last going into 24-25. We should still have inflation adjustments on Social Security, not expecting Medicare to continue to have drops like they did this year. My name's Dave Hall. I've been your host. Look forward to seeing each of you again next week, where we'll once again be back here talking about how we can get you safely through retirement. And that's today's episode. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. We come out with a new episode every Friday morning and you don't want to miss it. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That would really help us out. The Retirement Risk Show is a production of the Retirement Risk Advisors. Our show was produced by C.R. Talene and Autumn Koenig. If you're a CPA looking for more retirement education, visit retirementriskadvisors.com.